Previously on Running Inside Out Podcast. Your goals page, and you dropped these two, four, six-ish goals on your website and just ran at them? Exactly. I just kind of like sat down and made them up. And so one of them was um, win the Menden 50K. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That was, uh, it's funny you mentioned that. Um, so that was, that was one of my two career DNFs. <laughs> and uh... <laughs> You ran and won the uh, Vegan Power 50K last year. I did. Um, and there's a few people uh, in Rochester that are going to that this year. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, vegan power is pretty awesome. But, you know, I was actually kind of surprised because when I saw the vegan power elevation profile, I'm like, well, wow, you know, this is this is pretty, pretty tame for a trail ultra. Um, but I was surprised that the times from the previous year were, were pretty modest for a course that had that elevation profile and and the reason i say that is because the the guy who had won the previous year um is is a very fast like road marathoner i think he rode marathons in like the 220s or something so you know when you see someone who's running like a 220 road marathon and then you see like a four hour and 15 minute 50k i'm like oh that doesn't really compute you know mm-hmm. um but my experience of the race kind of explained why and it's because the race has like lots of switchbacks, not not going up hills, but just like switchbacks on like flat areas, which made it so it was like really difficult to kind of keep your speed up or keep any kind of like steady running rhythm. Um, so you know, a lot of stop and go, a lot of acceleration and and slowing down, and um, that definitely was the challenge of that one. Plus, oh, that, was, that's interesting. Cause yeah. It, I've actually never done anything else like that in my life. Um, so it was, uh, it was definitely a unique experience in that regard, you know, not really hilly. The trails were super smooth. Um, the aid stations were awesome. Everything about it was awesome. It was just, it was just really slowed you down. Just the, um, the sharp turns and, and kind of back forth, back forth. It yeah. de- definitely slowed you down more than you'd think. Yeah. It comes to mind like in the F1 races where they got to keep dropping in the mm-hmm. low gears to make the turns. Exactly. And, and yeah. maybe somebody that just figured out how to go a little bit slower wouldn't have to keep changing gears, you know? I, I think you're right. You know, I think I would definitely um, tweak my strategy for that. I, I'm kind of planning on going back to that this year. Um, oh, cool. So yeah, I th- I'll probably kind of tweak my strategy a little bit for it because I think I, uh, <laughs> I think I was running some of those those turns and those um, sharp turns a little too hard uh, at the beginning, and I just don't think it really got me anywhere. So, so the hundred miler, um, this is your first one. Mm-hmm. Now, um, in each of your, you know, in most of the races we're talking about, you're running competitively. Mm-hmm. Have you like put off running a hundred mile race until you knew that you could do well at it? Or did you just decide to jump in at this one right now? You know, I kind of decided to jump in. I, you know, I'm not even, con- I'm not entirely confident. I'm like there yet. Um, I don't know if I would say I'm rushing into it, but you know, I've only done one race ever before over 50 miles. So I don't know. It might be a little bit of a, of a push, but I also kind of feel, um, you know, I don't know why the heck not. <laughs> so yeah, so it goes and and plus of, you're going out to Zion. I mean, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it seemed like a cool one. I kind of, um, you know, I, 
I did want to get um, something where I could start throwing my name into the Western States lottery, kind of like it seems like every other trail runner across America. So, um, you know, I, I would ideally I'd like it to take about five tries for me to get into Western. Um, so this is kind of like the first step in that. So, yeah, um, we'll see, because I'd kind of like that to be maybe, you know, like my my fifth hundred mile or something like that. So, you know, this is kind of the first step in that, um, in that process. Yeah. You hear so many people, they ran 100 miler and they got in on their first try. And, right. Right. You know, I, you know, I, I, I would be, I'd be kind of bummed if that happened. I think, I think then, you know, cause I kind of feel like Western it's, it's a little bit like Boston or the New York marathon or something. I, you know, I feel a little bit like it's a one shot deal and uh, you know, I'd kind of want to be right, you know, do at my best for it, ready for it. So, Hello and welcome to Running Inside Out Podcast, where we talk about the races we ran in, the races we're not in, and getting outside to see what's going on inside the Rochester running scene. So, yeah, the last time we talked with Jason Mintz, he had big goals for the upcoming year, but I don't think even he could imagine what was in store for him. It's really been great to get to know Jason a little more over the course of this year since he's popped into and around Rochester quite a bit, and uh, it seems I've shown up at some of his races as well. So in this episode, we recap 2016, chatting a little bit about his return to the Menden 50K just after completing his first 100 miler at Oil Creek. And we even talk about uh, DNFing his other first 100 miler in Zion. Uh, Jason is a speedy guy based out of Syracuse. He can do everything from the shorty all the way up to the 100, and he isn't afraid to suffer at any distance. With that in mind, we eventually talk about his next 100 miler. I hear it's out west, and uh, it's a good one. So, before we get into it with Jason, I want to tell you about this episode's sponsor, Twisted Branch Trail Run. You know it? You love it. Or maybe you don't know it yet. If that's the case, you've been missing out. So I'm going to tell you all about it. This episode is sponsored by Twisted Branch Trail Run, which takes place on August 19th, 2017. Twisted Branch is a 100K Ultra, which runs from the Bristol Hills branch of the Finger Lakes Trail, starting in Ontario County Park and depositing runners on the shores of Cuca Lake in the town of Hammondsport, New York. I could tell you all about the beautifully grueling single track that makes up most of this run, but I want to instead tell you about the community atmosphere surrounding this race. We said it way back in episode 9 of this podcast. This race is like a roving party. It has an unusually large number of easily accessible aid stations that are full of friends and family, bringing energy to an all-day affair. Additionally, if you aren't familiar with the area... Hammondsport in the summertime is alive with craft fairs, wine tastings, local breweries, beautiful area bed and breakfast, scenic lake, the whole deal. This 100K is one you can build a family weekend around. Back again this year will be free camping at both the start and the finish line. Pick your favorite. Ontario County Park, the start, is a beautiful park with amenities like showers and restrooms. And Hammondsport, the finish, well... It'll have food, friends, a fire, and a beach, so uh, make of that what you will. New this year, 20-hour cutoff, 
So this impossible race just became possible. No more excuses. You got 20 hours to do this thing. That's like all day. So you may have missed the early bird pricing, but this race is still plenty affordable for 100K point to point in New York. You can find more information on one of the best race sites you'll ever see. Like seriously, it's a good site. It's twistedbranchtrail.com. You can also find links to the Twisted site and Ultra Sign Up page in the show notes. Register now and on August 19th, you can discover the beauty and brutality of the Twisted Branch. Thanks to Twisted Branch for sponsoring this episode. And with that, let's get into the trails, training, food, friends, and yes, even feelings of runners just like you. So, Jason Mintz, you're going to Western States. Yes. <laughs> I meant to lucky, do that. Lucky guy. I wanted to I wanted to do that back in December, <laughs> but but you didn't show up to the Western States lottery party, so I couldn't do it. I you know, I wish I could have made it. I, I couldn't set up a, a babysitter and, and get it all sorted out that day, but uh I actually ended up working as well. So so I, I kind of pretty much celebrated um solo on the couch you know <laughs> Woo! you know what it's what you should do with your one lottery ticket <laughs> <laughs> but um you know the the interesting thing was this year like i always watch it solo on my couch you know and mm-hmm. this year this year we put together a little thing and so we had davin and jamie in the lottery and they were hanging out and it's a little bit it it's a little nerve-wracking yes definitely and and it turned out to be you know, they actually had tickets in the thing, so so did you. Um, you had tickets too. I, I had ticket, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's definitely you know it's weird. You get into these things, and even if they tell you you've got three percent, five percent, seven percent, whatever, you know, however many tickets you had in there, you still kind of think you have a chance. You know, you, I mean, you do have a chance, but but you, you think it's going to be you, and yeah, it's all good. So that so that's pretty pretty crazy so we'll we're definitely like we'll we'll talk a whole mess about western states Mm -hmm. um but you know uh, as is my way i like to jump all around the timeline so Mm -hmm. um the other thing i i uh i you know we talked about this before i think last time you were on the podcast last year was uh you're a speedy guy you're not one of these slow methodical (laughs) 100 mile guys you're uh you're this fast twitch high turnover kind of guy Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The background is uh track and field background for sure. And uh, yeah, I think, you know, I think the shorter stuff is still, you know, even my strength, but um, I definitely enjoy doing the kind of long torturous events. So. And so you did Syracuse this past weekend, right? Yes. And I was reading your blog entry. Oh, I read your little thing before and you're like, I'm going to do 115. And I'm uh-huh. think I'm thinking like that's that's one fifteen. That's better than that's thirty minutes my PR. And you're like, if I get over one eighteen, you might not want to talk to me for a couple <laughs> days. Right, right. And so so how to go? I mean, it didn't have crazy weather, right? It, it wasn't right. like madness. So <laughs> you could actually run this one, unlike yes. the past three Syracuse <laughs> events. It was- it was it was nice by Syracuse standards. Entirely runnable. The course was a little wet. It was just damp. I think maybe it drizzled even during the race a tiny bit, but just rain, you know, nothing exciting. Temp was in like low thirties or so. A little bit of a light breeze, but you know, pretty much 
as good as you could hope for in Syracuse in March. And uh, yeah, everything was, you know, my race was pretty much what I wanted to be. I think the course was maybe just a little bit slower than I thought going into it. So I think 115 probably wasn't in the cards. I know that um, the people who won the race, I think both of them had actually run faster times by a couple minutes already earlier this year. So I, I think the course was definitely running a little bit slower than I thought. And um, I I would have been a little bit, I would have been in the 116s too. I had to, you know, stop and use a restroom real quick at mile five, which is not something I've ever done before in a road race. So that was, um, you know, I think I had the trail mindset, you know, like, oh yeah, you know, you just pull off the trail and, but you know, in a road race, it actually matters a bit more people pass you and whatnot. So yeah, the um, time, the time actually seconds are ticking. Yes. I, exactly. I did that in one of my one of my marathons, my first marathon. I I stopped to pee, and I'm like, this this has to be that you you know you don't very often count the seconds that you are peeing, you know. But I'm <laughs> like I'm like watching my watch, tick 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 tick. Yep. And right, you do like exactly. you do like a, a cost benefit. Am I empty enough? Can I get out of here now? <laughs> That's exactly true. You know what? As I was running the early miles, and I had to go almost right away, like mile two or something, and I was just kind of like, oh damn, what do I do here? And I was like, no, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. And then kind of like somewhere around like mile four, I was like, you know, I don't think this is working out so great. Um, and then I had no idea how long I'd stopped for. It was kind of one of those things like it feels like an eternity. But I looked back after the race and I saw it was right around 30 seconds or so, which, which is kind of a bit and a half marathon, but also not the end of the world. So, um, yeah, what are you going to do, you know? Right. And you you finished like one 117, something like that. So, yep. I mean, people yeah. people were allowed to talk to you afterwards. You, you yep. feel good about it? and. Didn't have to hurt anyone or anything. Yeah, <laughs> I do feel good about it, actually. I feel, um, I think, uh, I think I was like, I'm not sure exactly what that is, 550 per mile or something like that. And I was kind of <laughs> hoping to be in the 540s, but but definitely like good enough. I'd run, um, I didn't taper or anything. I'd run like a pretty solid week of miles. So I think all things considered, I feel pretty good about it. Right. I mean, and this is, this is right dead smack in the middle of your Western States training, right? Yeah, exactly. So since it wasn't, you know, an A race or even a B race or a C race, it was more just like a race <laughs> um, to get. I hadn't done a race since since Menden in no, like the first week in November or whatever. So it had been like five months or something. I just kind of needed to, to race something um, before I start doing before I like really pick it up and do, you know, some ultras and stuff coming up later in the spring. I, I just kind of wanted to do something. So um you know, for not having raced in five months, I, I definitely didn't feel too rusty and stuff. I felt pretty good about it. Yeah, it's a it's a good way to knock the dust off for a hundred milers by running five fifty splits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And you know, it was kind of a. It's funny. I, I do like one road race a year now. I really just don't race roads very often. But I never know. You know. Is it going to be one of these deals where you wake up the next morning and like you can't get out of bed because your legs hurt so much? Or is it going to be like, yeah, you know, I don't really feel that badly. And it turned out to be I don't really feel that badly, which was great news. But I feel like with road races, you just never know. It, it could be anything, you know, or maybe even trail races, too, to some extent. But um, I was I was walking the next day. I actually just, you know, I was running. I did some pretty decent miles today. So I was kind of just right back at it. 
Well, that that's that's kind of exactly what you want, right? That's that's you couldn't draw it up any better for this lucky lottery winner. That's true. I know the <laughs> the luck is the luck is heading my way. I hope that uh, there's no bad luck coming, but yeah, it's been no working way. out pretty well. No way with the with the 2016 that you had, um, you know, I, I and so don't think I I let that little comment about Menden just slip by, <laughs> um, because you uh, you decided to go race. Um, a 50k about what five weeks after your hundred miler after Oil Creek, right? Yeah, I think it was actually four weeks. Yeah, yeah it was right, it was around, right there, right around yep. there, because Oil Creek was the second week in October, and then Menden's like the first weekend in November. Yep, exactly. So, so yeah, um, yeah. Uh, where do we want to go? What, which one would you rather talk about first? Uh, the the Oil Creek, the the magic ticket, or let's cover Menden first because Oil Creek's okay. a little Oil Creek's a little longer. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I asked you a question and then gave you the answer. See how that works? <laughs> it's like I'm like yeah. a lawyer. I'm like a lawyer. It was perfect. It was perfect. Um, huh. so you decided to to stroll in fresh off a hundred miler into one of um one of Rochester's favorite trail races, which is the mm-hmm. Menden 50K, which is a 10K loop that you run five times. Right. And it's in Menden Park, and it's got a, it's got a decent amount of elevation. I think we all debate it, but let's just say yeah. it's it's about a thousand feet per loop. Maybe yes. maybe it's 850 on a right. on a low day. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, def- definitely a decent amount, though. I mean, pretty much constant rolling hills. Yeah, that that's why I like it because it is all completely runnable. But mm-hmm. by by the fifth loop, it's not exactly like you want it to all be runnable. <laughs> right. Exactly. So yeah, it was it was kind of a you know I, after after I'd finished Oil Creek and I you know I felt pretty beat up. I mean you know hundred miler anybody's going to be beat up and I didn't really you know I think I took a full week off didn't really do much of anything. And then I got back into it really slowly. You know, I, I had some like aches and pains for sure. And it was kind of like taking it easy to see if it was going to be like a nagging type injury thing or just kind of your usual. I'd never finished a hundred miler before. I didn't know exactly what it felt like. So I took it real easy. I think I was running like 30 miles a week maybe or something like that. And I hadn't done any runs longer than uh, maybe like 10 miles I think I did one 10 mile run with, with Laura Klein maybe. And it, and it went like good enough. So I was like, Hey, what the heck I'll do Menden. And actually, believe it or not, I really enjoy the five loops. Um, that format like works very well for me. Uh, I'm kind of a fan of loop courses and I'm definitely a fan of rolling Hills. So I, I, I kind of felt like I, you know, why not just give it one more shot? What's the worst that could happen? And, uh, yeah, it went really well. I uh, I was I was fading towards the end. I don't think I could have run very much further, but uh, I I I well. I do not think you were well. Okay, so maybe at the start of loop four, you were you were fading because it was like three thirteen or something like that. And I said I said you ready for number five, and you were like kill me, kill me, <laughs> and I'm like all right, <laughs> I'm like oh that's that's just the race talking, and. <laughs> And then, and then you go out and you do, I mean, when, when people run that, you know, they can do 50 minutes to an hour as a loop, you were Mm -hmm. running, you were running 45 minute loops there Mm -hmm. and your, your last loop was just as fast as all your others. Right. And, and your finish. (laughs) Yeah. It just hurt more. (laughs) Yeah. 
but your finish is is one for the ages on that course. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So you're crossing the street, you're you're moseying across the road, yeah, and and like we're all looking at the clock and we're going, uh, he can make four hours here, and you're right. like, and you're like looking for the crossing guard to get you across the road, <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. and then suddenly I think I think it must have dawned on you or something because then you blasted down that hill and you're running a hundred meter split like you're, <laughs> you're doing the dash to the finish line faster you must have passed six or seven people on that way to that finish line yeah I de- you know I definitely made a miscalculation I was coming around maybe with like a few miles left two or three miles left kind of halfway through the last loop and I was thinking I was going to be finishing in like four hours and two minutes or four hours and three minutes or something like that. And literally up until the point where I was on the road, crossing the road, which, which is only, I don't know, 200 meters from the finish or something like that. Uh, I was like, you know, I just don't even have a shot at this. It's gone. I just kind of thought it had even passed already. And I think I just like glanced at my watch or something. And there was kind of like this moment where I was like, oh no, <laughs> like, is this happening? You know, this is a nightmare. <laughs> and I think as I looked at my watch and looked up into the finish and I, I just knew I was going to like, just miss it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, do I want to put myself through this torture? Do I not want to put myself through this torture? I decided to give it a try, but you know, I ended up missing, I think it was like three seconds or four seconds or something like that. It, by, by like almost exactly what I envisioned myself missing by at, when I was on the road. So I at least I can say, um, yes, I, I miscalculated over the course of the last loop, but for the last 200 meters, I definitely gave it my all. So, you know, it was <laughs> you, what it was. You left everything out on the, tr- <laughs> and you didn't even puke at the end. You just, there was no, you know, I've never, I've never been a big puker. I was, yeah. it's, it's that, you know, I, I don't know. Those old track days, they come back and, you know, <laughs> Yeah, you but, just you just kind of took a minute, you laid down, and then you're up and around yep. and ready to go. So yeah, that was definitely that's definitely going to be one for the ages there. Four yeah, hours. That was a good time though. I'd I'd like to go back and do that race again. Though. I, I I mean I love that course. I think it's super super nice. I love the um, the loops. It's always a good crew that does it. It's it's you know last race of the year kind of deal. Mm-hmm. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, and I, I, you know, that's I really like that course too, and so um, it, the last race of the year thing definitely plays in, and it's a nice cheap race too, you know. Yep. And yep. Uh, yeah, you just sign up, show up, and maybe maybe one of these days you get to hang out a little bit though. I don't know how you hop back in your car and drive back to Syracuse. <laughs> and then you know, it's uh, at least I planned that one out, so I you know kind of <laughs> figured I could get back in the car and go home, and I, I had a plan in place for it, so that was better than uh, you know other races that we'll probably get into but oh my goodness you're you're the master of the segue so let's talk about how you were gonna drive home after oil (laughs) creek (laughs) you know i I don't know if i was gonna drive home i don't know what i was gonna do (laughs) i was just talking about that with with weldon the other day i had no plan i had no i probably would have just um finished the hundred miler and then just frozen to death on somewhere on the (laughs) property of the middle school (laughs) They would have found me the next morning. Looking like looking like a scene out of The Shining. Yeah, exactly. With just a buckle like clinging to my frozen hand. <laughs> <laughs> so um, 
Yeah, Oil Creek, Oil Creek. Uh, it wasn't your first hundred miler of the year, right? You had right. You had earlier, right before we talked, you were or right after we talked last right. um, spring. You were on your way to Zion, which yeah. which didn't go so great, right? And you you wrote no, up about so that in your all. blog. Yeah, it was it was pretty, Zion was pretty much a bust. Um, it was. I was a little under the weather for it, so that it just kind of started off on the wrong foot. But I wasn't, you know, I was, um, I wasn't like so sick that I was like, oh, I can't even get to the starting line. But I think it definitely affected me. Um, on top of it, the, the weather was was just wild. They actually ended up shortening it quite a bit. They actually shortened it in. The race ended up being it ended up being kind of wacky. I think the finish rate of the actual hundred miles, the the people that finished the hundred miles, it was something like. 30% or something horrendous. Wow. And then there was another group that they let run something like 90 miles or something like that. And, uh, and, and a, a handful more people finished that. And then the weather had gotten so bad at some point, keep in mind, this race is in the middle of the desert. It was actually pouring like, and I mean like pouring buckets, which, which just doesn't even happen. And it happened. And, uh, it went from very hot, desert weather to like very cold kind of like bizarre weather and uh i think some people ended up i think they gave out buckles for people who did as little as maybe like 75 76 miles something like that but i didn't get any of the, i i dropped it 100k um i just kind of i had been already walking for like a long time i just was not feeling it it just i don't know yeah, it, it just it just wasn't clicking. It wasn't there that day. So did you decide to do Oil Creek like immediately after Zion? Yeah, I started looking to see what I could do. And, uh, you know, there's there's pretty limited choices around this area. I, I think you're you're a little bit closer, you know, down the road to a few more races. I think, you know, Ohio um yeah. has a couple over there and, and whatnot well, and western pa also has other other races too besides oil creek yeah um, but as as far as western states qualifiers we're all about the same distance away it, you know yeah yeah exactly <laughs> none of them are great and and you know i i'd considered i think the only other race i seriously considered was eastern states and that's just not a course that's very well suited to me um so one giant loop of just kind of like a grueling course with just really brutal weather. And, um, it really had, it, it didn't check many boxes for me other than that. It was kind of cool. You know, it was kind of a cool race, but, um, maybe I'll do it someday, but it didn't, it didn't give me like a great amount of confidence that I'd actually be able to finish it as my first hundred. So oil Creek seemed like a much smarter play. Mm-hmm. Now oil Creek sells out, pretty pretty quickly when it opens so you had to jump on the wait list then i'm trying to think i think i let's see i think it was open actually last year quite a bit longer than it's going to be this year it wasn't it didn't have nearly the appeal last year that it does this year because i i think i got actually one of the very last spots into the race i think i was maybe like the second or third to last person registered um, but it was like a few months later than now. And I think this year, I think it's going to fill up in a couple of weeks. It's, it's, well, <clears throat> not to, you know, steal any thunder down the road, but Carl Meltzer had registered for this year. And I'm sure that's probably, um, brought in a couple more, uh, people than maybe would normally run. We don't get too many, uh, celebrities in our East coast races. So, yeah, but I don't, I don't think you get too many looky lose in a hundred mile distance either. So. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> 
That's true, too, though. That is true. Yeah, I don't know, but it definitely seems to be filling up much quicker. I mean, I think the word's just kind of out that Oil Creek's a really cool race, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it, it is filling up a little bit quicker this year. And and it is one of the handful of uh, qualifiers. So mm-hmm. so those those factors... So you didn't, like... After Zion, you were you were sort of right back on the horse. Like this hundred mile thing, I'm still gonna get it this year. Yeah, you, you weren't like okay, let's let's rethink this, and you you were right no, back I on it. I definitely wanted to get right back on it. Um, I think after Zion, I did take a bit of time off though. I think I, I had just had like this this cough that was kind of just nagging and nagging for like weeks and weeks, and then I tried to do Zion with it, and it got quite a bit worse. And I just like took some time to get healthy. I think I didn't run for at least a couple of weeks. It was probably like the longest break I'd taken in years. And which is kind of a weird time of year actually to take a break, like kind of like end of April, early May. And then I, uh, I decided to do Cayuga last minute kind of, just, you know, I hadn't done like any long runs. I hadn't really done much of anything, but I just, uh, I think I had chatted with Ian one day and I was like, yeah, what the heck? I'll just do it, you know? And, and I ran okay, actually, at Cayuga. I, I, uh, I ran pretty well through like 40 miles or 42 miles, something like that. And then I just bonked pretty hard, which made sense since I hadn't run over 20 miles in like two months. So kind of, kind of fit with it. But then I was kind of like back into it though. I was kind of like, oh, you know, that really wasn't that bad. And, and I kind of started running a bit more than I definitely got kind of primed for Oil Creek. Had a few months to get ready. Yeah, it's nice to just be able to rip off a 50-miler off the couch, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it, was a, it, was a, it was like a 42-miler with an 8-mile walk at the end. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. It still counts. Good deal. Yeah, that's right. It still counts. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so now the, the race that got you in, the, uh, you know, it's funny. We're talking about all these races that – um, well, not all of them, but I was at most of these races, which yes. is interesting. I had a, I had yeah. a really, uh, a, a year full of mints last year. <laughs> we did cross paths. I, you know, I raced a lot last year. I did, uh, yep. I don't know how many, but I did well, a lot of races. <laughs> well, and, and we didn't even mention SPF, which you also stopped by for zero SPF, yep. which was yep. a, a speedy year. So yeah, we saw you at Cayuga, at SPF, yep. at Oil Creek, at Menden. Yeah, uh, you became a yeah. you became a thing around here. Yeah, it was a good time. And um, so at Oil Creek, you kind of went uh, lone wolf there. You showed up yourself. You yes. you crewed yourself. Um, <laughs> yes. You had you had your uh, you had your um, uh, camp chair full of your supplies. <laughs> right. Yes. Now is That's that kind of my move? I I like that. That's you know, all I need is a loop course and and just a chair set out, and I'm just good to go. So. It was a little bit trickier at Oil Creek because the loops are so big. It wasn't like, you know, Menden where you're doing a six-mile loop. It was, mm-hmm. you know, a, a 31-ish mile loop. So um, I ended up carrying more stuff with me than I think I, I realized I was going to be doing. And I kind of practiced it like that. But I think maybe it slowed me down a little bit more than I thought or maybe or tired me out or, or something. It's just... You know, nobody likes to, to mule a ton of stuff around a course. And I, I planned on it going in, and I knew I was going to be doing it, but I still think while it was actually happening, maybe it was um, a little bit more than I planned on. Um, I, I think I actually was carrying more than I needed to also. I don't think I realized how many uh, – I, I knew how many aid stations were along the course, 
but I don't think I realized how many water drops there were. So I think I was actually carting more stuff around than I than I needed to. Um, so that's something I'll I'll keep in mind when I go back for sure. Mm-hmm. And so, and well, Western States, you know, that, that one's point to point. So who's going to, yeah. it's going to carry your lawn chair for you. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to, it's going to be strapped to my back instead of trekking poles. I'm carrying my chair. Yeah, I'll nobody, just set it up at each aid station. Nobody <laughs> likes to mule a lot of stuff except this guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I don't know. You know, it was, um, it, it worked at Oil Creek though. It, it was cool. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I think I, had everything I needed. I think, I I think my setup kind of worked for it. Um, the race was, it wasn't perfect, but it wasn't terrible. It definitely was. I was pretty satisfied with it afterwards. I, uh, I ran out of steam around, you know, I was hoping going into it, I was hoping I was going to be able to run with Dobbin a bit, but he just knows that course so well. And, I decided at like mile two that he was just moving too quick for me. I just, I just didn't know what was, what was coming next. And, um, I, I decided to let him go real early and kind of run my own race. And then I think I ran alone from, you know, it's a hundred miles. So you're running alone for a lot of it, but you know, I was alone from mile two to, I think I got past then around mile 90 so I was just in second place for like, you know, 90 miles. And then um, one other runner passed me with like 10 miles left. And then, uh, yeah, that's it. But you run alone by yourself a lot in 100 miles. That's for sure. And you were you were pretty efficient. I mean, the the way that the course is set up, we see you at the bottom of the loop or the, the start line, essentially. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's where your chair was. And, mm-hmm. and you were in and out of that thing super fast. You had some outfit changes or stuff each time. And yep. then we see you up at the top of the loop at about 15 or 16 miles up in the park. And right. in, and then that aid station, you weren't taking any time. You were, you were almost practically running through that aid station. Yeah, I was definitely trying to keep moving the whole time. I think my race strategy going in was, well, it was finish, because I wanted the ticket to be able to get into the Western States lottery. So finish was definitely the ultimate goal. Um, I felt comfortable that if I could run through you know, run the whole way through a hundred kilometers that I was definitely going to be able to finish the race. And so really my goal was to get through a hundred K feeling pretty strong and then just, you know, figure out a way to get to the finish line. And I did get through a hundred K just as good as I could have hoped for. Um, I felt I, I was slowing down a little bit, but I felt pretty strong still. I think I went through the hundred K there in something like 10 hours and 45 minutes or something that was, I think I was hoping for like 1030, but you know, in a hundred mile race, 15 minutes, you know, whatever, (laughs) no big deal. Um, nothing. So, and then I, and then I actually was able to run almost another 15 miles or so. I think I, I think I made it to the next aid station where, like you said, I see you at kind of the far point of the course. And I think I saw you guys there around, I think it's like mile 76 or so. Yep. And I ran into that aid station feeling pretty good still. I, I think I was definitely like moving well, as good as I, I mean, that was pretty much as good as I could have hoped for at that point. And then I kind of left that aid station and it was getting dark and I, I just, I ran out of steam pretty quickly, honestly. And the next like 15 miles took me too long. It took so long or it just seemed, it felt like it took so long. I, th- I was moving pretty slowly. I think it took me, um, 
I was, I don't even think I was covering like four miles an hour at that point for the next few hours. It was, it was just so slow. I was really having a, um, low energy moment. Yeah. And then you get back to the school again though. After I think that's at that point you're at 150 kilometers. So you've got about like seven or eight miles to go. And I, and I did kind of have like new life at that point. I definitely, you know, I was at mile 93. I knew I was going to make it to the end. It, it was going to happen. I think I, uh, I saw all you guys. You guys were all hanging out there and stuff. It was um, gave me like a nice little little push back out on the course, and I definitely felt pretty pretty confident at that point that you know get running again, just get this get it done, you know. Yeah, and you had a you had a new course to run after that, right? Because yes. you got the eight mile going home loop, they call it. So yeah. you weren't going back out to the to the thirty one k loop. Right. But um, if only, you know, my thought is if only pro bars were about three to four <laughs> ounces heavier, that they just they just had an extra 150 calories in them or so. I bet your <laughs> your 100 mile races would be completely different. It, game changer. That would be a game changer. <laughs> I know there was probably, you know, there was probably a point out there where I could have, you know, I was taking I was taking as many calories as I planned to take. And I planned to take in like 300 to 400 an hour every hour. And I pretty much did the entire way. I never had an issue eating or drinking or anything like that. Um, I think I just, I think I ran out of steam more as a kind of like conditioning issue. Um, I mean, it's a a hundred miles. (laughs) Yeah, it's a hundred miles. I don't do like super high mileage weeks. And I think it just kind of, you know, eventually just hit me. Um, And it was my first one. So I was in kind of uncharted territory too. Yeah, for for the record, uh, let it be said, I did say, "Hey, do you want do you want something to eat?" <laughs> <laughs> you did, I know. <laughs> and, and as you ran away, you said, "No, thanks. I had a pro bar." <laughs> I, you know, I I, I I probably should have taken something at that point, but I was eating stuff. I don't and, know. It's, and uh, you were feeling good. How were you to I was know? Feeling great. Yeah. yeah. So, Hindsight's twenty twenty. Who knows? Hey. I could have eaten something and gotten like an upset stomach. You just don't know. You it's, never you know. know. And you, I mean, you still finished sub 24 hours, third place yep. in, in your first 100-mile finish, mm-hmm. and it got you a ticket. And it got the ticket, yeah. Yep. And that, um, that was pretty cool. So do you want to cover the post-race, or you want to just let that one go and move <laughs> on to Western States? I'm going I'm to give the short version of it. The short version, I think, we, I think it was actually discussed at mile 93 when I saw you guys, and maybe – I can't remember if it was you or Weldon or someone was like, Mince, what are you doing after the race? And I was just like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Originally, I kind of planned on finishing the race around like, you know, 11 p.m., midnight or so. <laughs> but now it was looking more like it was going to be like two in the morning or three in the morning. <laughs> and I just kind of pictured myself. Um, I, I don't know. I, I actually had no idea what was going to happen. So. I, I finished, which was awesome, and I sat down, which was a terrible idea. I sat down outside where it was freezing <laughs> now, and, you know, uh, the RD actually said, oh, you know, how you doing? You want to get inside or whatever? Oh, no, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. And, of course, like 60 seconds later, I'm, you know, shivering. I can't walk. Um, I finally managed to kind of limp over to my uh, chair, and then uh, you guys kind of helped me inside and stuff, and... The, I pretty much couldn't walk on my own at that point. It was, it was a bit of a mess, and uh, you, you guys were able to uh, save the day and help me out with a, a warm bed and whatnot. So it was well, it was good. I think what I mean, you know, yeah, we we had we did the easy part. We had a hotel room booked, and we just kind of. But what I thought was amazing was the the 
you could you you think you couldn't move and stuff, but with with how quickly like the core, I mean, because you're outside in October and you know fall in the Northeast, mm-hmm. right? And the your core just core temperature just drops and oh yeah, how quickly you went from like I'm feeling great to wham, <laughs> like hit rock bottom. But but then your ability to recover again, like you're like, oh, yeah, time to go. Cool. Let's go. And like you're like, I'm about to get up. And and like you you completely forgot that you ran a hundred miles and you went to get up like it was you know lunchtime or something right I'm right like, right it is it's amazing but you know it it's also amazing how quickly you do kind of recover from that type of thing because mm-hmm. I, I honestly couldn't couldn't like take a step that night I mean it, I think it was like two or three in the morning by that point but I I literally couldn't couldn't walk without you know help from you guys but then just after like a few hours of sleep the next morning I just kind of got up and I was like. Yeah, you know, life goes on, walk a little bit, and it didn't really feel that much worse than it feels after, you know, say a 50 mile or something like that. Yeah, you were you were up and out. You were the first one awake in the morning and you were gone. Yeah, I wouldn't, you know, I was looking for some coffee. I was ready to go. I thought maybe I'd hit a couple miles or something. But, <laughs> <you know. laughs> um, all right. So uh, we, we covered sort of the Western States lottery. I mean, you worked. You, you kind of, were you watching the lottery? Like, did you have it up on your screen? And So I actually wasn't watching. I had, I was checking like the, I'm trying to think of the way they do it. I, th- I think they actually have like the video, which I wasn't really watching. And then they also have where they just kind of like list the people that get in uh, online and just kind of like names pop up or whatever, which is what I was doing. But before my name popped up, I got like five text messages on my phone, like boom, 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 boom. And I was like, I totally just got in, <laughs> which was awesome. And then sure enough, like my name popped up on the screen like a minute later after that. So, um, yeah, so that was pretty cool. It was uh, and I definitely, you know, I was really only like half paying attention because just you're, you're you know, it was whatever it was, two percent, three percent, something like that chance of getting in. And but then once I got in, I really wanted like someone else I knew to get in, too. So. Um, I was hoping that, you know, Jamie or Dobbin or something would get pulled and, you know, unfortunately they didn't this year. So that was kind of a bummer. And, um, you know, it it was, it was what, you know, a few thousand people trying to get into a few hundred spots. So Mm -hmm. that that happens, but you know, I, I was a little bummed then that nobody else I knew, um, knew well got in. Right. And so I went out and I looked at the entrance and there are seven people from New York that got in. Right. And there's um or let's see, two, four, six yeah, there's seven there's seven men. Two, four I can't count. There's six men that got in. So mm-hmm. five plus yourself. Mm-hmm. Um and then uh Sarah Kais who got right. in from and she's from Saranac Lake and right. she got in on a sponsor spot. So right. six people, six men from New York won the lottery. Right. Of of those six men you are not the only single ticket holder. There's right. one other guy, uh, a 45-year-old, got a single ticket as well. Mm-hmm. And then there is a a 29-year-old with 32 tickets. Wow. <laughs> so Wes- Wesley Rolnick had 32 tickets. That's unbelievable. <laughs> I, yeah. I actually didn't know that. That's That's amazing. <laughs> So, you know, he's a grizzled veteran and it's not even his 30th birthday. That is unbelievable. That's, that's impressive. I'll have to, I'll have to track him down out there. I actually, of of the New Yorkers, I, 
I know Steven a little bit. I've just I've raced with him before, and we've kind of crossed paths at different races before. He actually came up and did the Finger Lakes race a couple of years ago and stuff. So, so he's a pretty quick guy. Um, so, you know, out of the New York group, at least I was kind of familiar with someone. Um, I've never met Sarah or, or crossed paths with her at any races, but I think we've got some friends in common. So, um, yeah, it's it's kind of, you know, it's pretty amazing how how few people really get selected to be in it. It's, it's And it's only going to get harder. It's definitely only going to get harder. I think every year there's going to be more and more tickets. Um, yeah. So that's, you know, unfortunately for, for people trying to get in, I think, I think now the longest it really takes people typically is maybe seven or eight years, I think. And, you know, I think we're not too far from it being nine or 10 years. So unfortunately yeah. for, for some. Well, I mean, it is, you know, it is the race. So yes. Yeah. Um, so if you don't, you don't know any fellow runners going out, um, are you going out there with a crew? Let's talk about these logistics. What's it? Sure. I, I mean, cause I'm sure what happened is they sent you this big fat envelope of money with a hotel booking. They gave you your rental car number. <laughs> they told you what, what day the, the valet was going to come and drive your exactly. rental car. Exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, all my all my sponsors sorted that stuff out. So <laughs> <laughs> now I uh, let's see. Well, uh, Laura Klein's going to be heading out there, who I think you know, to um, yeah do a little bit of crewing and to pace me for hopefully the last thirty eight miles. Actually, I've kind of just um, I'm I'm relying on her to to pace the uh, I, I, the max limit they will let you pace. So. Um, that's the plan with that. And then my sister lives, uh, out in Northern California. So I think she's going to help out with some of the logistics also. Um, but you know, kind of, uh, similar to my, to my history, I'm kind of going, uh, you know, somewhat, somewhat bare bones. I kind of like to, um, keep things, keep things simple. And I think it'll, I think it'll work for me on that course. I think it'll be a good thing. Um, and also, keeping with my Oil Creek tradition, I have the the one hole in my plans is I have no idea what is going to happen after I finish the race, and it's actually <laughs> a little trickier than Oil Creek because I won't be where like I started or like where my car is or anything like that. I'll just be a hundred miles away. <laughs> so, um, that that part's a work in progress still. Okay, but, well, you got you got two months to figure that out. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Three months, I guess. It's it's the end of June. Yeah, so yeah, got, I still, got, yeah, I think. Yep, just about almost exactly three months. You yeah. got a whole you got a whole quarter to figure this stuff out. Yeah, for sure. So I, you're not going to game. I, I have a, a place rented, and I have airline tickets are purchased, and I have a rental car reserved. So I've hit some of the uh, the big spots. Um, mm -hmm. It is not for, you know, for the aspiring Western States crowd. Uh, it is not a cheap place to travel to. Um, it is, you generally fly into Reno. You can fly into Sacramento. You can fly into Reno. Uh, Reno is the closest to the start. And um, there's a tiny little airport also in South Lake Tahoe, but it's not really practical from New York. And, and it's just an expensive place to go to. I'd actually, as a um, a weird coincidence. I had been there last summer for like a family vacation type thing. I'd never been there before in my life and I was there last summer and then, you know, I'm heading back again, but it's a, um, it's definitely a, a pricey place to go to. So, uh, if you're planning on making a Western States trip at some point, 
start start saving your pennies for sure. All right. So drop a dollar in the savings account for every mile that you run while training for Western states. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's the way to do it. Yeah. And that 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 might get you there. It might or it'll <laughs> it might. get close at least. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. So it's cool. I'm actually I'm not I'm not going out for I'm going out for six days, so not like a super long time. Um, I'm heading out there on Wednesday, the Wednesday before the race, and then I'm coming back on uh, Monday. So it actually ends up being like five, five or six days because it's a a lot of travel. But um, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's a beautiful place to go to, though. Just aside from the Western States race, everywhere around Lake Tahoe, it's it's just amazing. the The trails are the nicest I've ever run in my life. Um, just there's, I've never seen anything like it. It's, it's just so stunning. Yeah. I gotta, and that's the thing. Like if you go out there on Wednesday, you gotta get a, you gotta get a couple shakeout miles in. Right. And yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. I don't want to go too crazy. Cause it's, you know, even, um, even the whole area around Lake Tahoe is, is pretty decent elevation. So I don't want to, you know, go too crazy with it. Just kind of get used to it, get acclimated a little bit. But, um, when I was there last summer, I ran up to like 9,500 feet, um, which is – it doesn't go that much higher than that or anywhere around Lake Tahoe on the rim trail. So that's kind of pretty close to like the max uh, elevation. And I didn't have to – I didn't really have any problems with that, that elevation. So I think I'll be in good shape for western states because I think western only goes up to like maybe like 8,800. I don't have it right in front of me, but I think it goes up to like 8,800 or something. So – and, and it's pretty brief that you're up there. Um, so I, I think as far as that goes, I'm not too concerned. So, but you, you will have to, you'll run a little bit and get used to it. And yeah, then, yeah, definitely. And then what, yeah. what you'll have to do is tell yourself to stop, right? Like, Yes, exactly. I know. It, that's definitely true. That, that'll be the hardest part. We'll be stopping. It'll be one of those deals where, you know, you plan on running six miles and you're like, eh, you know, I could just do, I could just do eight miles or I could just do 10 miles, but yeah, it'll definitely be, you know, keep it, keep it cool and, uh, kind of minimize, minimize that stuff for sure. Right. And, um, so you on your, on your blog, you had wrote a, um, a Western States wish list, and you had this, you had this set of things. And I mean, I thought it was going to be short, but you wrote a set of 10 things that you were sort of hoping for, um, mm-hmm. on your way to Western States. Mm-hmm. And you had, um, a great training leading up to the race, yeah. Right. So that is going fairly well, right? I mean, you just just busted yeah. out a, a half. Yeah, definitely. I was I was hoping for, you know, I in the past since I've started running ultras, which was like four or five years ago, I've just kind of been running. And you know, some days if I just felt like doing a speed workout, I'd do a speed workout, or if I felt like doing a long run, I would do a long run. And I was, you know, I'd put miles in Strava or something like that, but I wasn't really like tracking closely what I was doing. And for the first time I, I had read, I'd read Jason Coop's book, which was super good, highly recommended. Um, and I kind of pulled a training schedule out of that and then kind of made it, made it my own a little bit, but I've been somewhat religiously sticking. I've been doing workouts every week one or two workouts every week. Um, I've been kind of like following his, his schedule of, 
how, how to get ready for a race. So yeah, I've been doing it and, and I think I've been getting decent results. So the training, I definitely can't complain about. I've been doing, I think I, so far my highest mileage week is 82 miles. Um, but I think I'm going to try and get up close to a hundred this time, which is, which is pretty much, you know, for races in the past, I usually max out at like 75 to 80 miles. So I think, um, I feel pretty comfortable with where I'm at to, to up it a little bit, see if I can get closer to a hundred miles, um, for a few weeks. And, um, you have some races that you're, you're going to sort of put milestone races along the way. Is that, I mean, is that a typical thing that you do as well? Yeah, I do, I do try and do that. Um, just schedule wise, I don't have like a great opportunity to get in a lot of long runs or back to back runs or things like that. So I try and schedule in races to kind of substitute for that. So I've got, um, I'm doing a 50K in mid-April, and then a 50-miler at the beginning of May. And then I'm doing the Cayuga Marathon at the beginning of June. And that's kind of my, like, segue into it. So I think those three races actually will set me up really well for it. Um, particularly uh, Rock the Ridge is the 50-miler I'm doing. It's got kind of these long... Um, kind of like long gradual climbs and like long gradual descents to things that I think will be, uh, pretty decent, you know, racing leading into leading into Western States. So I'm looking forward to that race too. I've actually wanted to do that race even before Western was on my radar. So I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to it. Cool. Um, and then number two and three here, you have a healthy diet and a healthy body. Yeah. Body is healthy. I've, um, yeah, like I said, even just today, a couple days after uh, race and a half, I, I put in a good amount of miles. Everything feels good. Nothing hurts, you know, knock on wood. Diet's been healthier. It's been uh, better than it's been in the past. I could probably still improve some areas. Um, I still have a few uh, guilty pleasure foods that are hard to get away from, but I, I've been doing a pretty decent job, and I've been I've been steering clear uh of a lot of beer so that's you know been a challenge in its own but um that's i'm, I'm saving them for after the race so that's it right save them for yeah. afterwards all right yeah. and then you got uh you got this low-key trip to squaw valley so <laughs> so that one you sort of got planned you're gonna go and hole away up in your sister's house and just sort of hide until the race happens right yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll, I'll be uh, hopefully low key, kind of. Yeah, we'll see. You know, it's never. I, I, it's like it ends up being like a whole day of travel to get out there. So it's you know it is what it is. Um, there's there's no other way out there. It's 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 far away. <laughs> what are you gonna do? So right. Uh, but that it should be fine. All right, and then solid stomach. Everybody sort of hopes for the solid stomach, right? Yeah, I'm not super worried about the stomach. I mean, right? That's kind of like your that's I, your thing. Yeah, right? my stomach's pretty solid, so I think I'll be I think I'll be good. All right, and then uh, you're you're looking forward to um, cashing in on this man crush on Ryan Sands. Is that what number six is uh, here? I mean, if I can't get a selfie with Ryan Sands, I, the whole thing will be a bust. It'll just be a complete <laughs> waste. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of people I want to see there. I'm going to be kind of like I. I feel, you know, I feel a little bit like a fanboy out there for sure. I'm definitely going to be, uh, that annoying runner. Um, but yeah, Ryan Sands is probably at the top of the list. So we'll see if I can track him down. And then, and then Stephanie case too. She's uh yep. second yeah. on the list there. Yeah. I'm looking forward to meeting her. I've done, um, the, 
the free to run races a couple years and um I know some of the other people that she's worked with that I've run with and um so yeah I'm looking forward to meeting her too. I think it's super cool what she does for them. Yeah, definitely. And um okay, so now we we're coming into the home stretch here. Uh No Hands Bridge is on your on your wish list. So you hope to experience No Hands Bridge? Yeah, I hope I make it that far. <laughs> but uh you know, I think that's pretty that's there I think there's a lot of kind of iconic spots along that course that we've seen in you know, the different movies that have been done and whatnot. But that, I think that's definitely one of the uh, highlight spots. Because I think at that point, you know, it's, it's that point in the race where you know you're going to make it. So that, I think that's a cool spot for sure. Yeah, and it's also, you, you're you going all the way there. You might as well see the darn bridge. Exactly, exactly. All right, and then number eight on your list is the silver buckle. Not number one and not number 10, but, but placed at number eight is the silver buckle. Yeah. You know, it's tough. It's it's really hard to predict how you're going to do in in a hundred mile race you've never done before. Uh, so, you know, I I'm definitely looking forward to having a good experience there and and walking away satisfied. I, I have some 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 bigger goals for sure, but I I also don't want to get completely hung up on them because. I, I don't want them to end up, you know, if I don't hit those goals, I don't want it to kind of like ruin the experience of being there. Right. And that, so that, that's what I was going to say. Like, yeah, sub 24 is neat, but you've already done that in a hundred miler. Right. So, mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. if that's the goal, then that, that kind of, that, that, that paints you into a corner really a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think all goals do that. It's, it's tough because if you do it, if you set a goal like that in a different type of race, if I said, you know, my goal is to break 20 hours at Oil Creek. Well, great. You know, I can go and do it this year. And if I don't break 20 hours in Oil Creek, I'll try it again next year. And I'll try it again the year after that. And I'll try it again. The... But you can't really do that with Western states because you're, you're not going to be there next year. You're not going to be there the year after that. So you're, you're right. You can definitely paint yourself into a corner. And I'm trying to avoid that a little bit. Yeah. And I, I think it's smart. I mean, that's personally, that's what I would do if I if I were lucky enough to get in. But, mm-hmm. you know, um, OK, so <laughs> <laughs> number nine, a positive, positive experience. And this is directly, you know, um, complimentary of number eight. If all you're doing out there is running and, and looking at your time and worried about the clock and, you know, um, it's going to be hard to have a positive experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think one of the things that Western actually helps in that regard, though, is. You know, and, and maybe smaller races, I think, I think I would feel more pressure to kind of run for, um, you know, run for a win or run for a podium spot or something like that. But, you know, at Western, I'm probably not going to beat Walmsley if he, you know, doesn't get lost or whatnot. So I think that actually takes the pressure off a little bit. Um, so I think that maybe could allow me to kind of do my own race and, and have a good race where I don't feel like I have to, you know, go out and be up front or, or something like that. So in a, in a way, I think that almost actually takes a little pressure off. But but still, but still being able to, I mean, you're going to be running with Laura for the last forty miles. Yep. You're gonna you're gonna be running strong for those last forty miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the plan for sure. That's definitely the plan. And then, so number ten, uh, a strong strong message to spread here. And so mm-hmm. this one is representing the beast coast i mean you're going out and you're you're repping you're repping all of us up here on the in the north beast for sure yeah i think uh you know i think we 
you know, yourself and, and me over here and whatnot, I think we know pretty much all the runners in, you know, central western New York. I, I, you know, it's not like a huge, there aren't like a ton of races. So I think we pretty much know everyone. Um, and I don't, you know, like you said, there's a handful of people from New York. There's not a ton of people. I mean, Sarah's from upstate New York, but she's, I mean, she's like hours and hours and hours away, you know? So I kind of feel like, uh, got to represent the area, you know, Mm got to see what we can do. Definitely. And, and the other part is the, uh, the, the plant-based diet, right? The vegan, vegan power. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, there's been, there are lots of, um, vegetarians in particular, but like vegans who have done pretty well at Western states in the past. So I'm going to let the, uh, the A-listers take care of that stuff. Um, (laughs) but you know, I would still like to, uh, you know, represent for, for my crowd and, you know, um, show people that, you know, your, your diet just, it just doesn't really matter. It's not going to, um, being vegan is not going to negatively impact your performance or anything like that. So have you, um, so have you figured out the, the wardrobe you're going to rep while you're out there? Good question. Um, kind of, you know, I've looked at like past years and, and whatnot and everyone kind of wears white. I think it gets, you know, from what I hear, it gets pretty hot in the canyons. So that's, I that's think that's a everyone... rumor. That's a fake, <laughs> fake news, yeah. fake news. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I, for what I hear, it gets pretty hot. I notice a lot of people wearing white. Um, so I will probably lean in the direction of white. Um, that's that's the plan. I do race with a, a pack that I plan on using, um, which is not white. It's black. Nice job, Solomon. But uh, <laughs> I, I do plan on using that. Uh, and it's, you know, I've used it at pretty much all my um, ultras above 50K. So I, I'm used to it. I like it. Um, I think it'll work. So I'll be using that. I'll also carry a handheld. And, um, you know, I, the race, I got a message from them. They use like, uh, I guess cliff is a big sponsor. So with the aid stations, they have cliff bars and cliff blocks, which I love and cliff shots, like the gels, which I don't love. So I'm going to kind of have to figure out how I'm going to handle that. Um, I actually just ordered a couple more of the gels just today to see if I'm like going to be able to like even stomach them or if I really just need to kind of like take that out of my plan and, and put something else in its place. Um, Do they, are cliff blocks, are cliff blocks vegan? They are. Yeah. Oh, I yep. thought, I thought they had uh, the carrageenan in them or whatever. No, or, they're, they're vegan now. Oh, and yeah. I'm, a, I'm not, actually a big not fan. Not carrageenan, the other, the other deal, but yeah, yeah they're, they're no, vegan. They are now. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm kind of a big fan of them. I actually, I like the orange. Um, a couple of the other flavors are okay. Um, the gels, I don't. Even, I actually went to. Uh, I've been trying to track down the gels, and and I couldn't even find them until today. So um, I ordered some, and we'll see. I, I don't think they're in the cards, though. I don't think it's mm-hmm. gonna happen. I think it's gonna be. I'm a big fan of like the the Huma gels. I don't know if you've had those. Yep. I'm not yeah. even sure I'm saying it right, but yeah, I like the. I call them Huma, like human, right? Like yeah, that's... yeah, exactly, exactly. I love those. So they. Um, they may be in my future. We'll see. I like them because they're so they're so big, you know. And I, I mean mm-hmm. that that's one thing, right? You're carrying these giant gels, but they also yeah. they also don't feel like you're just putting like two little drops of energy. Like I feel like a, a huma gel is filling. Like yeah. I don't know, filling. You know? It's it's almost like hydrating also because it's just you know there's so much to it. But yeah, so I'll have to figure out how I can kind of manage those into my my plan because I do enjoy those, but. 
I think I think it'll be all right. I think I think it's gonna work. Yeah, and I think uh, Cliff came out with uh, ginger blocks and margarita blocks. I know. Interesting. Yeah, I know people that had the margarita ones, and they're like, "Boy, those are those are concentrated margarita." But um, <laughs> I'm interested in the ginger. The ginger. Yeah, juice. I I didn't see the ginger. I'll have to see if I can find one of those. That's that's interesting. So yeah, I mean now we're 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 taking we've taken you all the way to the end of your planning. We're talking about how many gels you're going to put in your pack. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I should be right. I should be <laughs> taking notes over here. Um, and I do think mentioning the Solomon stuff. I think you only get white stuff if you're Killian. I think Killian <laughs> Killian gets white Solomon gear. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's, I think you're exactly right. I think you're exactly right. But I don't know. I you know it's it's always tough running any race that you don't know, you know, a road race, a trail race, whatever it is. If you don't know the course, it's, um, if you don't know it well, it's, it's tough, but I do think, uh, the, the trails out there are so nice, you know, just from my experience on them, not specifically the Western States trail, but just all the trails in that area are real nice. And I'm definitely, uh, definitely looking forward to, to getting the miles down there. Yeah, it's it's super exciting to have somebody. I mean, is as exciting as it was to to watch the lottery two years ago and and see Amy Rusecki's name come across and go, "Hey, I know Amy Rusecki!" Yay, <laughs> you know. And then yeah, sure. Th- this year to be sitting at the you know at a little lottery party we had with Davin and Jamie and see Jason's name come up and go, "Hey, uh, Jason!" and immediately be one of those texts that get fired off to you. <laughs> Uh, I was like, I don't care if his phone's blowing up. I'm totally sending him a message. And then, um, so, you know, to have that and now to, now to be sitting here chatting with you as you're planning it, like Mm -hmm. I'm totally getting excited for it. And, Mm -hmm. and I'd be, I'd be lying if that energy wasn't why I'm registered for Laurel Highlands, you know, Mm -hmm. it's that kind of energy and it's being around this crazy peer group that gets to do these things and getting closer and closer to the event, I'm like, man, okay, get up, get off your butt and get training for Laurel, get your magic ticket and you could be Jason Mintz, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I, it is true that I think our, um, our trail community around here definitely, uh, you know, everybody, it, it plays off each other. It makes you want to do more or, or do better or, um, just try new races, try new, new distances. It, it definitely makes you, uh, you want to get out there and get more. So I I totally get that. And I think it changes your bar for what is normal or what is, what is achievable. Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. it it readjusts your expectations of what you, you know what I've run with that guy and that guy can do that. Or I see that girl every day doing that. I could totally do that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I totally agree with you actually uh, on that, on that note, I was thinking last year, uh, I think, um, you know, I, I've known Davin for a few years now, done different races with him, and he usually he usually beats me pretty well. But I, I knew I had a shot at him at a couple of shorter races this year. Um, so I had uh, we'd raced SPF together and we'd raced Vegan Power together. But I knew that it was all going to be payback when it came around to Oil Creek, and uh, <laughs> he certainly did, um, you know, dish out some payback there. And but but I guess my point was that you know he's just such an impressive runner at a hundred miles. So it was kind of like, you know, what can I learn from this guy? Because, you know, I can run 30 miles with this guy, but at a hundred miles, he, he crushes me. So, you know, what do I need to do to be able to, you know, adapt to that distance, like the way he has. So I I think you definitely can learn a lot from, from other people that, you know, 
the, the people we're running with every day. But I, I think, you know, when you kind of sit down and talk to them or, or see what they're doing, you can learn a lot. Yeah, I think, though, you got him this year, two races to one. Well, if you counted two races, yeah, you could count it that way. That's but, pretty generous of you. I appreciate that. But if you counted it, it's, it's 43 miles to 100 if you do it that way. Yeah. I mean, or, you, or if you put a clock to it, I don't even want to see it. <laughs> well, you got I him. Mean, you know, you, I beat him by whatever, 30 seconds, and he beats me by three hours. <laughs> yeah, but but you, you also – you set a course record at Vegan Power. I mean, that's a thing. It's not like you – True, yeah. It's not like you mailed it in there, you know. And, true, and, true. But um, yeah, so forty three miles to a hundred, I guess you know. But it, you know, that was that was part of, I guess, what made twenty sixteen. Like we were saying, we've seen a lot of you, and and mm-hmm. it was fun to see you. You know, SPF was a fast year this year. You know, and that was fun. That was super fun. That was that was probably one of my favorite races of the year. That was a good time. Yeah, so it is. It is neat, and like you said, you can. You the this community is one where you can have that rivalry, you know, and and even on Davin's podcast a couple episodes, he goes, "That was the first of me and Jason Mintz tangling last year," <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Was definitely uh, it was definitely a good time. Um, I think you know I was always kind of wondered because because I I don't think I'd ever beaten Davin until this year, and um, I kind of wondered. I, I I felt like I could pro I could possibly beat him in a shorter distance race though. And I kind of wondered where where the tipping point was where, you know, he starts kicking my ass. And I, I think it's probably somewhere right around 40 miles or so. So he's got the 40 and over. And I guess I'll take claim to maybe the 40 and under, at least on a good day. So nice. Um, you know, what? he's got the good stuff, though. He's got the good stuff. You know, if I had to pick one, I would definitely rather be in his spot. You know, it's totally unfortunate that you, you got this other race going on because on June 24th, there just so happens to be a 40-mile race in, yeah, I know. in Letchworth State Park. You, <laughs> I know. You and Davin right there, that, 40 that, miles. That been, I know. I, I You know, this is not the first time I've heard this. I was actually thinking about that very thing myself because you know, <laughs> I kind of thought that's where we would uh, – that's where our perfect head-to-head matchup would be, and I knew he was going to be there, so – yeah, unfortunately, I think I'm going to stick with Western, but uh, maybe maybe next year. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, pick you got to pick your bed, I guess. Yep. Right. Yep. So um, that's I think what maybe we cover. Just like you, we cover a lot of ground really quickly, man. Yeah, we cruised through. That was, that was good. It's been, <laughs> it's been a, it's been another good year already. It's i you know just getting started, but. I know, and you're gonna go. So yeah, you're you're even gonna go back and run Oil Creek with Carl Meltzer now, huh? You're yeah, I gotta take a shot at Meltzer. I mean, I think you know, I think you uh, you get so much better the second time you run a course than the first. I think the the mystery is kind of out of the way. You know what your strengths and weaknesses are on it. Um, you know, not only will I know the course, but I'll have done you know another hundred mile or all of that under my belt. So. Um, I, yeah, I'm kind of curious to see how that goes down. I think it's pretty cool that Meltzer is, is coming out of the East Coast. I think uh, may, maybe I'm maybe I'm cynical. I don't know, but I kind of think at this point in his career, he's he's picking races that he thinks he can win still. And so yes, I love that. I love that you said that. Oh. I mean, I think everyone's kind of thinking it, right? But I'll, I'll say it. I, th- I think he cherry-picked a race he thought he could win, and, and he very well, you know, he very well may win. Um, he might, but I, I think that's why he picked it. And I think that if you're, 
you know, one of the guys, uh, you know, I'm going back. I think Mark, the guy that came in second, is going back. Davin's going to end up running the 100 miler, whatever he says. Just ignore him. He's going to run the 100 miler. <laughs> um, I think that that uh, I'm not sure how you say his name. Betatella kid is is going back. So I think it's going to be a super competitive race. I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be pretty wild. I think. You know, I don't think I certainly don't think Carl expected to expects to go into any race and just kind of, you know, sail through and take another win. But I, I think he is going to have his hands full for sure. He He's a wise man and he chooses his races wisely. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And and don't get me wrong. He could win. He could definitely win. The guy is impressive. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, but that uh, that's going to be man. You got a whole year planned out. You know what, dude? He doesn't. This will. Ne- I won't even put out this podcast because then he doesn't need to know the secret of the the folding chair. And you got him. <laughs> All you, he doesn't if, even eat the folding chair. He just you know he just puts a four pack of Red Bulls on the ground and he's. Uh, dude, if if he shows up with a camp chair and a bag of Pro Bars, <laughs> you know that we're he's all a, in trouble. You know he's a listener. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, how about that? Jason Mintz is going back to Oil Creek. And I guess everybody there should look out. Everybody. (laughs) But uh, first, he has a little thing called Western States. And uh, he's doing it with a level head and a good training cycle. Super excited for him. Couldn't really happen to a nicer guy, honestly. It's funny, though, how last year he said he'd be a little bummed if it happened on his first year in the lottery. Boy, it really must have been bittersweet for him to find out. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, anyways, wishing Jason all the luck in the world on his trip out west. I can't wait for him to represent the Beast Coast properly and then come back here and tell us all about it. So be sure to check out the episode notes for some of these links, some of the things that Jason and I talked about, like his Western States wish list, uh, Coop's book, and ginger ale shot blocks. They are a thing as well as information on our sponsors, the Twisted Branch Trail Run. You can also find links to our Strava Run Group and the Patreon page. One more word on Twisted Branch. You just heard about Jason traveling to Zion and Pennsylvania to run in Western States qualifiers. Imagine if there was a Western States qualifier in New York. It could happen. Sign up now and get ready for the future. If you want to get in touch, use the usual socials medias, the Facebooks, the Twitters, at Run Inside Out, the Instagram, at Run in Inside Out. And if you want to chat with other listeners, consider joining our Running Inside Out Slack, where we talk about all manner of things from recent episodes to our recently uh, first ever Running Inside Out podcast run. Lots of runs and lots of recents there, huh? Where a bunch of listeners ran our first uh, 25K of the Twisted Branch race course. It's... Uh, Slack is sort of like social media, but just the social part. So if that sounds like your kind of place, check out the Strava group on the sidebar of the website for a link that will get you a Slack invite. With regards to that podcast run, thank you to each person that came out. I mean, it it would have just been without you having a small amount of belief in my organizational skills and a large amount of belief in your ability to conquer that tough course. I would have just been a guy standing in the woods. So, um, also, one huge thank you to Jeffrey Macbeth, aid station captain and volunteer extraordinaire. The event was greatly enhanced by both his presence and his magnanimity. (laughs) 
magnanimity. I know he doesn't like thank yous and he doesn't like being called out, but I'm not too concerned about that because he's too nice to hold it against me. So thanks, Jeff. Thank you also to all this month's Patreon supporters. Your continued financial support helps me keep improving this podcast. If you look forward to this podcast each week and it inspires, educates, or otherwise entertains you regularly, consider becoming a Patreon supporter. You can check out the homepage, click the banner, and please know that any amount of support is appreciated. Thank you. And thank you all for listening, subscribing, and telling your friends. Thanks for sharing your stories and getting out there to create more stories. So until next episode, be thankful for what you've been given, be proud of what you've achieved, and let go of what you've lost. See you out there.